It's a story about uh, brotherly love and um, the complexity of being a star alongside a brighter star. Good morning. This is Epicenter NYC. We connect our communities to news, information, and each other. I'm Andrea Pineda Salgado. To say that Maurice and Gregory Hines could dance before they could walk wouldn't be that much of an overstatement. The brothers were famous tap dancers from Harlem who found their stride during New York's golden era of dance. Maurice started training in Manhattan when he was five years old. They were both triple threats, not only talented dancers, but singers and actors as well. And after touring as a duo opening for famous entertainers like Lionel Hampton and Gypsy Rose Lee, Maurice and Gregory would both go on to pursue incredibly successful solo careers. Maurice found his place on Broadway as a performer and director. He also became the first African-American to direct at Radio City Music Hall. That isn't to say their careers were without challenges. After all, they were two black men navigating the worlds of theater and dance, both of which have been long played by racism. Maurice was also openly gay in an era where a queer identity was grounds enough to lose your job, or worse. And though both brothers were incredibly talented, Gregory's fame quickly eclipsed his older brothers. Maurice found himself grappling with the question, how could he find his own spark if he was stuck in someone else's shadow? A couple of years ago, filmmaker John Carl Cusio decided it was time to give Maurice the spotlight by making the older Heinz brother the subject of his 2020 documentary. It's called Maurice Heinz, Bring Them Back. Today, I speak with John Carl Cusio about Maurice Heinz's extraordinary seven-decade career, his legacy and relevance today. Now, a quick message from our friends and sponsors at McKinsey & Company. Find out about the biggest ideas in business on McKinsey's Insights app, where you can listen to podcasts like our flagship show, The McKinsey Podcast. We're so not tuned in to the dynamic going on for the current employees. What matters to them most? Or watch our author talk series featuring law professor Dorothy A. Brown. 60% of Black college students don't graduate. And when I came across that statistic, I got so depressed and read lots of articles about, for example, The Next Normal, where you can learn about the coronavirus's latest impact on business. To hear, see, and read more, download McKinsey's Insights app now. Now, back to the show. Here's my conversation with John. My name is John Carluccio. I'm the director and producer of Maurice Hines' Bring Them Back. So yeah, so it's a film about Maurice Hines, um, who is a... Uh, an outspoken showman, but uh, the film follows his career through archives and current day um, and does it with humor and grace. And you can see the highs and lows of a seven uh, decade career and a complex relationship with his superstar brother, Gregory Hines, who is a famous um, actor, performer and tap dancer as well. So it's a story about uh, brotherly love and um, the complexity of being a star alongside a brighter star. And where did the inspiration for this documentary come from? I worked with my brother, who was a film student at NYU when I was at Pratt. So my background is actually in architecture. 
and then been making films for the last 25 years. But my brother went to NYU film school and um, we spent time together working on films there. He eventually stopped doing films, but having a collaborative brother partnership in a creative field and having that kind of um, tension that happens with brothers sometimes uh, was very familiar to me. And seeing it, seeing it with Maurice and Gregory, it was very uh, familiar to me. And uh, I, I was fascinated by that. So I found that the, the brotherly love or the, the dynamics of working together and having uh, some separation or estrangement was a, a valuable tale to tell. And what was it like working with Maurice and like seeing him process all of these emotions in real time? It was a challenge. It was a challenge because Maurice is well rehearsed as a performer. And even in interviewing, when, um, when you interview people that are performers by their very nature, they just they've been doing it all their life. They want to please the uh, the interviewer, you know, they want to please you, right? They're like, and sometimes they just tell you things that they've already sort of prepared. And so the challenge for me was to try to get him off tempo and change his sort of change and challenge some of the narratives that he had without necessarily dismissing it. And so it was it was it was fun working with him because. It was a challenge, obviously, because he does have some boundaries, but he also was very impressed when he would sort of open up about things that he hadn't thought about. And um, but it was a balancing act. And um, my goal is just to paint a portrait that um, that really, you know, that resembles him, but also uh, maybe shows more of what he's emotionally going through, as well as not just sort of showing what's on the surface. And what can Maurice's life teach New Yorkers? Well, New York, uh, Maurice is a survivor and he, he grew up in Harlem. Um, he lived in Brooklyn for a long period of time too. And um, I think he knows that uh, New York is not an easy place uh, to live. But what's, what's really nice is you can be as different as him, as he is. He, he's, he's openly gay and, uh, and most people knew that. But it was just one of those things where he could navigate New York without really having a lot of conflict. You know, racially, there that was a bigger problem, but not, but still New York is pretty diverse. So I think he found that New York, as opposed to LA, which he was not, which Gregory moved to, he was much more of like, he found home here in broad with the Broadway community, the dance community, and especially, you know, he he grew up going to the Apollo theater. And I think there are elements of that um, sort of real world directness that New York has that Hollywood doesn't, that I think he loves and that I love too, that there is a ability to sort of speak to folks on an equal level because you're, when you're on a subway or you're on the street, everyone is kind of like, it's the great equalizer, New York, in that you when you when you you hit the pavement or you're on the subway or even a bus, everyone is pretty the, regardless of status, you are pretty, pretty equal. And uh, and I think he liked that ability to be 
with folks that were that were fabulous in their own in their own worlds, because that's what he is. He's fabulous in his own world. And I think he found that New Yorkers are that. And what do you want people to learn and like take away from this film? I, I think it's important um, to take a second look at people at our, at our seniors, our elders, and and know that there are some really creative and smart and entertaining talent out there, and they all have a story, and they're fabulous because they're fabulous people, and so that, I hope that people can get that, and then maybe learn more about themselves in um, in relationship with their uh, their friends and family. And just talking a little bit more about dancing and stuff, how has dance evolved for Black performers? I'm not necessarily an expert in dance, but I would say there's still not enough understanding of the past, like the greats, like um, Dunham, Ailey, the Frank Hatchett, who's featured in the film, even guys that are living legends like George Faison, the great Michael Peters, who passed away, Debbie Allen, um, Arthur Mitchell. There's all these really great people that Maurice saw were trailblazers and Maurice is less of a trailblazer than these guys, in my opinion, like there are a lot of these women and men, you know, Judith Jameson, you know, there, there's a world of African-American dance that uh, has impacted current day dance, you know, and those folks are not always seen. You have to look at the past. It's okay to try new things. It's great to have new music to, try new things too. But uh, the foundation of these arts, it's very valuable to recognize all these um, leaders. Um, and why is it important for people to watch this documentary right now during Black History Month and in the middle of a pandemic? Two things, I would say. One, Maurice is a survivor. He exudes Black excellence. It's also like Black joy. There's, It's just, it's in film about an African-American person, but it's a narrative that's a little different than most of your, maybe a generic documentary. And it's really just a, a story. It's more of a film than it is a documentary in a way. Like if that's a weird way to put it. Some people are like, wow, it's actually a movie. And what's the difference is that, is that it's a portrait and not a biography in that it's, it's something you can really get immersively involved in and feel an emotional response to, as opposed to just collecting a lot of factual information. And so I think that that part of it and the idea that you can kind of find yourself in, in spaces that are occupied by African-Americans and, and just the, the joy of being in those spaces in the film I think is a very valuable thing while we're all indoors. I mean, there's a point where there's a party and they're celebrating and it's like that kind of feeling of being loved is something that I think we all can enjoy and all desperately need. And this was filmed before the pandemic. So everyone is very close and, and hugging and all that. And that's a really, it's a, it's a great moment to, to remind us that that's where we're going to return to and so I think during a pandemic and also in seeing uh, Black Joy is really a very valuable um, thing that I, I wanted to make sure was uh, revealed in the film as much as possible, because there is a lot of trauma. And as much as that's not the only story, that is part of life. And that is something that is obviously explained in, in, in some capacity, but the brightness of life 
is, is revealed as, as much as possible in this film. Like John mentioned, his film, Maurice Hines' Bring Them Back, can be streamed via the Stars channel on television and the Stars app. It premiered there earlier this month in celebration of Black History Month. You can also watch it on Vimeo On Demand, where you will find extra clips of Hines, including a pilot episode he made on gentrification in Harlem. We'll provide links for all those in our show notes. Finally, before we go, a new weekly segment with our community manager focused on COVID-19 here in New York City. Hey, how's it going, everyone? It's Daniel LaPlaza with our COVID question of the week. Last Thursday, Governor Hochul officially ended the indoor mask mandate for businesses. But don't throw away your mask just yet. While Hochul lifted the statewide mask mandate, local governments and individual business owners can still set their own policies. This means your local grocery store, favorite restaurant, coffee shop, bookstore can still require masking. Chances are the business you're visiting will be clear about their own masking policy. So please respect it. If you're not sure, play it safe and wear a mask. You never know if there's someone else in the store who's immunocompromised. If you want to continue to protect your neighbors, wearing a mask is an easy way to do it. I also want to point out that there are still mask mandates in place for public transit, schools, and hospitals. So keep that in mind and wear a mask when entering these places. As regulations continue to change, you can count on us to keep you in the loop. For regular updates on all things COVID, visit us at epicenter-nyc.com and sign up for our newsletter. You can also reach out to me directly at daniel at epicenter-nyc.com. That's all for today. Thanks for tuning in. Make sure to subscribe to our newsletter at epicenter-nyc to stay in touch. Our intro music is All the Pretty Horses by Karavika. You can find more of their music on their website, linked to in our podcast description.